0: Me to myself now into the greatest what's up people and welcome to another episode of the supreme decisions legal minute podcast and it's your host supreme decisions and yes today we're going to start off with a few announcements the first one is you guys have the opportunity to protect and promote the podcast as well as support it monthly you can do that through the podcast itself where it says support and hit the button for either $0.99, $4.99, or $9.99 per month. This way it allows me to become more consistent when putting out material, as well as making sure this goes out weekly. Because we are going to get on a schedule, and we are going to get on things, but it also needs your input for what we're going to talk about, how we're going to talk about them, and the direction this podcast goes in because one of the things that was brought to me was about how we're gonna have guests and even having the audio from our Sunday call-ins done for the show or even have call-ins for the show. These are things that we are looking at doing on the expansion, but we need your help. The second part of that is continue supporting the website. The YouTube channel itself is growing We are going to be adding a membership section. Because before I told you there's going to be some exclusive stuff put on Patreon. We're still going to do that. And now YouTube has gotten into the subscription game. At least for me. (laughs) And we're going to do those things. And that will probably be up if not approved by May 1st. It'll be approved by June 1st, and we'll be rolling those things out, but you'll be able to sign up for it in May. So just keep that in mind, because we're going to keep going, and we're going to keep growing. As well as merchandise will be promoted and sold through the website, which is also YouTube, but we're going to have access to offline stuff, and it'll probably be done through supremedecisions.com. But what we're going to talk about today is... The Selective Incorporation Doctrine. Now, I've had a couple of issues with that. I've had a couple where people are getting into the inst of not understanding that that thing, as we put it, that makes something pretty much a law. Because statutes, codes, and ordinances, I confidently tell you, do not apply in the inst of how the application of law is done. Now, have I given you the reason why? I've given you an overview of that reason. And the overview of that reason is because I've given you a Supreme Court case that stated in Howlett v. Rose that Supreme Court cases and federal law apply in state courts. They can't be overlooked. I also gave you another case where it talked about the Supreme Law of the land being statutes from the federal law and Supreme Court decisions. That's the supreme law of the land. I also gave you another case which stated that all executive officers, all, are to abide by federal law. Why? Because federal law is the supreme law of the land. It does not change from state to state, county to county. Only statutes, ordinances, and codes do. And I often talk about the responsibility of those executive officers and it's to the public. And the reason why you have the changes in statutes, codes, and ordinances from county to county, place to place, is for safety issues because they are responsible for your well-being. Now, the reason why I'm getting into this today, I'm going to talk about something that's simple as free speech. I'm going to talk about something because the reason I chose free speech today is one is because it's something that we do more often than not, but it's also something that gives you understanding into the leeway of the current state of martial law that we were just pretty much or and currently are still in. But for the most part, this is my simple introduction into getting deeper into that topic. So as we go, just know. It's going to be one of those aha moments that you're going to have. And in having that aha moment, I want you to actually be able to look at the picture in its totality. I want you to be able to understand that everything that I'm giving you is for a purpose. Everything that's laid out is a part of the plan that's set out in front of us. But it begins with not only knowing, but it begins with understanding. And here's where I'm I'm hoping that I have an opportunity to give you separation. Because I say some things that are really far-fetched. I say things that are really outlandish. And by giving you only a small piece, I leave room for questioning. And the thing is, a lot of you aren't questioning some of the things that I'm saying. And for me... One, that kind of helps, but it also kind of deters me from doing the Sunday because if you have no questions, I can give you no answers. Because it's just like I was taught in school, if you're not asking questions, that means you understand what I'm giving you. And, I, and based on 90% of the conversation that I'm having with people that are dealing with some sort of legal issue, you're not getting the things that I'm saying to you. Because I have certain things that are set forth. And one of the videos that I think should be a lot more popular than it is, it's the video that literally says, if you ever have legal issues, do this first. I've talked about that a hundred times. I've actually referred to it more than a hundred times. And I think I have probably 200 views on that damn video, which makes no sense. Because if you watch that video, I talked about... What you need to do at the beginning of each one of these statements or each one of these criminal or even civil cases that you may be involved in. I'll get into later at some point why it's called a case, why it's called charges. Those things have actual legal meanings because the little aspects, the more you know, the more you grow and it's easier for you to understand. Because even just to give you something before I get on topic, there was a young man that was talking about certain instances and it was talking about things that were in the Bible. And one of the things that was used in the Bible was the fact that not everybody was supposed to be understanding it. And it was written in code. Now, a lot of times when we're talking about this legal profession, we're talking about the code of the legal profession. We're talking about the language of the legal profession. And just as the Bible was written in a language that very few understood, it was translated to a point to where even less people understood it and even less of those people are able to apply it because there are things that are outside the concepts of one's being. There's things that are outside the concepts of one's mind. And when you hear me speak and you hear me talk about Latin is what moves the court. I don't talk a lot about Latin. Because in order for me to go into the depths of Latin with you, I have to be able to get on a subject for you to be able to apply the simplest of things. And one of those things would be doing something simple as letting your paperwork lead you. Many of us are still trying to do things over the phone. And I constantly tell you this is a confrontational system. There has to be a point of facing your adversary because, again, confrontational, adversarial, those are legal terms. Now, when we know them as things that are quote unquote negative, the problem is that negative connotation that we've accepted actually takes away from our abilities to stand up, look them in the eye and fight. Because a lot of times we're not accepting of the code. Even in a lot of the videos I did um, probably about a year ago, I did a lot of matrix stuff because a lot of people didn't understand the matrix. The matrix talked about code. And the dealing of the matrix was very few people understood the matrix and how to navigate through it because even those that were seeking um, getting through the matrix, only one understood it. And it wasn't until... He got to a certain point where he realized he wasn't the only one that had ever navigated there. He was just one of the few that had done that. He was only one of the few guides that had gone there. And there were going to be other guides after him. That's where I come in. Because you can look at me as a Neo type because I'm not the first person to speak about this constitutional law and, effect, and effects of criminal defense. I'm just the one right now. There will be others behind me, just as there have been others before me. There have been several others that have taught me, that have grabbed me by the hand and said, hey, come here, go here, do this. I'm now grabbing you by the hand saying, come here, go here, do this. I'm giving you an opportunity to see as I see, to understand as I understand, but I need you to be ready to grasp the fact that this is not quick. I don't do anything that deals with instant, and there are people that actually believe that I'm supposed to give you something that is pretty much I look at as a lifestyle, which is, which is I'm gonna give you an analogy to that. Most people have issue with diets. Because diets show you immediate results. The problem is those results are not long-lasting. Why? Because you did not change your lifestyle. You did a momentary thing expecting a long-term difference. What I'm giving you is a lifestyle change. Because I'm not trying to change your right now. I'm trying to change and help grow, help manufacture, help manifest within you The ability to not only recall, but to be able to regurgitate and execute something long after me. I'm trying to give you something that helps you be able to break out the most complex and make it the simplest thing that you've ever seen. Because I understand, because even looking at the video today, there was a 14-year-old in California that was beat up by a police officer. The thing is, when you are used to doing wrong for so long, and even the mindset of the person videotaping this beating was just comply, just don't do anything, just take it, just take it, just take it. Now, at some point, do I say, whole court in the street? Hell no. No. Because I constantly tell you, I'm with the Tupac. Form of death I want you to die Breathing Because One thing I told John Melvin whenever We were going through the RICO trial Was the fact that I don't want to take everything from you I want to take everything from you You believe you love Because most people have Very little idea what love actually is And People have an idea of what love is. I want to take that idea from them, because the love that you have for something does not ever be is not ever return to you, even in the fact of material things. Even if you're looking at income, people depend on their income because they expect it to be there. That's their source of love. That's their source of dependence. That's their source of support. So to speak But at the end of the day When you're understanding the context Of what's going on The ideals of what needs to be taking place I want to take what you believe I want to take that from you Because One, everything I'm giving you Comes from somewhere Because a lot of people think I'm giving you an opinion I don't give you an opinion Nobody cares about my opinion I'm not that guy I'm not a guru I'm not them. But what I can tell you is a simple form of what it is that you're already looking for. I can simplify it because most of us have no clue what it is to be, have something broken down or have something taken that seems to be complex and made to look something like basic math. These are the things that we all need to be able to decipher. These are the things that we all need to be able to look at and say, you know what? That's not a challenge. That's what I'm giving you. That's where I'm taking you. That is my job. That is what I've grasped upon. That is what I'm looking forward to to doing. So, now when we're talking about these statutes and codes and ordinances, if they are not in line with federal law or Supreme Court decisions, they are not valid. Generally, when you look at those challenges, you look at words such as overbreath or void for vagueness. And generally, because when you're talking about certain things, when you're talking about restrictions, the Constitution set out a book of restrictions on the government. It's not a book of rights because God gave you rights. The state didn't. God can take those rights away from you. The state can't. The state can't give you rights. They can't take them away. But they can offer you privileges that you can accept and participate in or choose not to. And if you choose not to, you can't get a little bit pregnant because you either choose all the way or you choose none of them. And when you're talking about any of these statutes, any restriction that a state statute code ordinance have upon you, it's something that is secular and it's purposeful. But it also has to be specific, just like a warrant has to be specific of the place, has to be specific of the item because there has to be specificity within the crime. These are things that have to be, they're a must. And if not, they're void. So just like I talk about um, jaywalking, that's not a crime, that's a safety issue. I don't talk about speeding, but when I do speak of it, I speak about speeding as a safety issue. It's not a crime unless there's damage to personal property. And these aren't my words. These are things that are set forth in the guidelines and the guise of a crime. So when you're looking at these and you hear me say these things and you're looking for and and you're like, oh my God, that's not what the cop said. You know, the cop, just like I've told you, I've even shown you the Supreme Court case that states the cop can lie to you. I've talked about many of their tactics are to deceive you. I spoke about their whole training is designed for intimidation. These are things I've talked about constantly. These are things that I've shown you. These are things that are not my words. And I understand I say some things that a lot of people don't like. I get it. I don't care, but I get it. Because that's a way of life at this point. Because if you're looking to please everybody, you'll please nobody. Because the one person that needs pleasing is you. As long as you're doing what's supposed to be right, and you see it's right, and you're not harming others... It's okay to do. Your whole thing is to make sure you and yours are protected, well done, and you're not infringing on anyone else. That's it. That is all I ask. That is all I ever speak about. So anything that's going outside those guidelines, then yeah, I have an issue with. And I'm probably not going to have a lot of talking about. But when we're dealing with a lot of these cases in court, we forget how to break down everything to its simplest form because in most cases when we're challenging things such as jurisdiction you're making the jurisdictional challenge when in fact the statute is what should be challenged not the jurisdiction of the court because we all know a traffic citation is taking place in administrative court an administrative court has no court of record and if there is no record it is not a court of law If you want to then take it to a court of law, you must then have it remanded or forwarded to a place that has, quote unquote, jurisdiction over the law. And a lot of people want to challenge that and don't give federal court jurisdiction. Guess what? If you're having a federal court question, guess who needs jurisdiction to hear that? Because if they don't have jurisdiction, they can't hear the matter. But you don't want to give up jurisdiction, so therefore you stay in the place that's being adjudicated with administrative laws or rights or privileges or however you want to see them. Because at the end of the day, if you're going to play on someone's home court, you must know their rules. And the fact is, many of us don't know the rules because when we're dealing with administrative law, we are dealing with things that change. Because what's good here in Texas may not be good in Georgia. And in fact, I know it's not things that are good in Arkansas aren't good in Alabama. Those things that are good in North Carolina are not good in New York. Because again, administrative law changes from state to state, county to county. But when you're talking about federal law, federal law goes all over until Puerto Rico. Because I even had an issue where I was talking with a young lady. She's from Canada. And she showed me a video from Canada and an issue. And they spoke about The first thing that these police officers told her, as a tenant, she didn't have rights. Now, here's the simple part from that. Have I ever practiced in a Canadian court? No, have not. Now, I'm going to pretend like I have. However, do I understand Canadian law? I know certain aspects of it, and I do know that right there is an absolute lie that a police officer told her on video. I didn't even watch the entire video because I was like, oh my God, just threw the shit out of them. Does she have recourse in Canadian courts? Absolutely. But the difference is I can't give her a lot of direction because I've never practiced in a Canadian court. Now, can I give her law for Canada? Absolutely. But can I give her actual construct? Can I give her application? Can I give her talking points? The problem with that is I can on all of those levels. The problem is I can't give her experience because I have never been in a Canadian court. I understand I can read and apply, and understand, but I can't give you that. The reason why I'm able to do it here is the fact that 99% of everything that I've given you, I've already written down and used in a case that I personally handle. Even things that I'm going to have coming up in the next couple of days, couple of weeks, couple of months. There are literally old cases that i found certain things and I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't even talk about that. Or there are things that are placed into the comment section. I'm like, oh, wow, that's, that'll be a great show. Because it was one actually turned, one guy sent some stuff and it turned into three videos. And the thing is, it's easy because there are things that I've already done. There are things that I've already applied. Those are things that I've already practiced. I can talk about them because I have the experience for that. But anything outside of that becomes a stretch. Because even with this, being long-winded on jurisdictional challenges and selective corporation doctrine, is still one of those things that the understanding is, what am I challenging? What am I talking about? What am I giving up? What am I standing on? And that's where I think a lot of people are getting off track with me because I've even been told I don't know what I'm doing. I can't teach. But then I'll have for every person that's told me that I've got at least 10 to 15 people that tell me, man, I appreciate you because of you. I won my case because of your videos. I've been able to do this because of your podcast. I've been able to find things that I wasn't able to find before because of You teaching application, even though you're giving it to me in bits and pieces, I had to watch a video seven, eight times. I've even downloaded your video. I've downloaded your podcast, and I listen to you often. These are things that go above and beyond. Because even with me, one thing I talked about is, you know, for 14 to 18 months, every day I got up. And I watched a video because it was sent to me prior to me even getting deeper into this as I am. And her name was Queen Bay. The thing was, she spoke in the video. And there was a series of videos, 10 videos that I found. I think later it became 13 and only because of the length. But for an hour and a half every day, I watched these videos. Every day. Monday through Sunday and twice on Tuesdays, you know. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's, did I understand more every day? Yes, because I got a little piece here, a little piece there. And every time I listened to it, I heard something different. That's what I'm telling you to do. If you're really looking to master this, if you're really looking for understanding, if you're really looking for something to go to the next level on this That's what you need to do. You need to actually do what you need to do, download, do some backflips or something, but you need to do what it is, whatever it has to do, to get this material. Because if I'm giving it to you, I'm giving it to you in the simplest form that I know how. If you're having issue with it, if you want one-on-one, there are means for doing that. And I'm going to make certain things available. But I'm also going to make it available through context. Because just because you need it, maybe somebody else needs it well. Because there are certain things that need to be done that many of us cannot have available to us. And even so, I'm one person. I have things that I have going on. But the whole thing is the importance of making sure You're able to do, you're able to get, you're able to even move with or without. You know what? This is one of those things where you take a stance on what it is that you want. You look at everything that you have and you find out what's important for you. You decide what your sacrifice or what level of sacrifice you're willing to take Because last week I gave a con- comment or a context of a young man that was looking for help from me And he was homeless I spoke about the fact that this young man, I actually told him no, I would not help him for free Even though he was homeless, I knew he was homeless I knew this man was living on the street This man, his first donation was $15 and he was like, look, I saw all I got and he, went, he made a choice. He was like, you know what? I'm going to take five. He made 20 bucks that day. He took $5 to eat with. He took 15 to make sure he could talk to me. Those are the sacrifices that I'm trying to make. I want you to understand. Just as I'm going to sacrifice with you, you also have to be willing to go further than you've ever decided. Because at some point, you're putting a price on your Freedom. You're putting a price on something that you love. And if you care nothing about it, I can't care anything about it. I can't fight for you. That's why I will not ever do anything on contingency. Now, have I done things for people? Absolutely. I did things for hundreds of people. 13 of them testified against me in my RICO trial. The problem is, neither one of them could figure out what I did wrong. But the thing is, they taught me a valuable, valuable, valuable lesson. They even taught me the word friend. Because I don't have but a few of them. I I literally have a handful of friends. I have even less associates. I have people I talk to. I have people that I care about. But beyond understanding what friendship is, it's understanding the level of sacrifice. Because just like I I told one of the young ladies I was talking to, she asked me about my family. I told her, I said, you're probably not going to meet most now. Good chance. And the ones that you will meet is only going to be probably two. Because I look at the effort that they put out for me. Because the effort they put out for me is the same one that's reciprocated back to them. I look at my friends. I look at the efforts that they're putting out towards me. These are the people that make sacrifices that for me... I've actually had to tell one friend, hey, this is a one-sided friendship because I would not do that for you. And they laughed at me. Dude really laughed at me. He, he was really coming 20 minutes one direction to help me. And I told him, dude, I'm not going to do that for you. And he was cool with that. He laughed when I said that. I've actually had friends I told him, hey, yeah, throw me some money real quick, I need to get somewhere. They'll send me the money and never ask me about returning it. But then when I return the money, they're, they're actually surprised. Like, oh, no, dude, I was good. We're good. Like, no, cause I might need to, might need to come back to the bank later, (laughs) you know? But at the end of the day, they're doing the exact same thing. We have an understanding. It's not like it's one of those, we're keeping, we're keeping tabs on each other. We're keeping receipts. Okay, I paid this time, so you got to pay next time. I paid the last two times, so you need to pay this. No, we understand that, hey, if I'm going to pay, I'm going to pay. If I'm not going to pay, I'm not going to pay. But if there's something that you need, I'm there. Say, hey, I need you to ride. Let's ride. I need you to do that. Let's go. Because I even have a friend of mine where they started a business and it's not a question of if I'm going to help you marketing. Yeah. Because if I believe in the business, that's what we're doing. We in business. Because that's my focus. But it's understanding the sacrifice that I'm going to make for that. There, I'm not looking for anything in return for it. Because at the end of the day, you've already shown me what you're going to give me. But that's one, one of the separations that need to be made. It's... Getting to understand what it is that we're looking for. We're getting to a point where we're able to manage our own expectations. But we also have to make sure that we're going to sacrifice something. Because anything learned without sacrifice is not kept. That's why diets don't last. Because you're not sacrificing. There's no sacrifice in Doing something for ten minutes, and then all of a sudden, that's you go back to who you were, because I'm taking you to a point to where you are no longer the person you were when you started listening to this podcast. You're no longer the person you were prior to watching my video. You're no longer the person you were. That because you know what? Let me let me let me let me start getting back on track a little bit before we go. After a we're getting ready to come up to commercial break. But I want you to understand something. When you're listening to one of the videos, you're practicing consent. When you're sitting down, you're listening to this podcast, you're practicing constant Because one of the things you're doing, you're looking for a point of being better than you was when you started this. You're looking for a point of being better than you were when you began searching. You it to be better today than you were after. <laughs> you need to be better today than you were yesterday. And at the end of the day, My job is to make sure you are. Because I have to give you something with substance. One of the things I have to do is make sure I'm up on everything that's going on. Do I talk about everything that I see? No. Because at the end of the day, is it something that I feel is necessary? Do I feel it? Because if I don't have any passion behind it, I can't give it to you. Because there are a lot of stuff that I'm looking at that are even with Supreme Court cases. Even with Supreme Court duties. I'm, uh, I have an opinion about it. And I don't want that to leak too deep into what I'm talking about. Because again, if you're going to practice Kassan with me, if you're going to look to be better, if my job is to make you better than you were when you started, I can't give you a lot of leaking of opinion. I have to give you something with substance. I have to allow you to be better than you were. I have to be that guy that says, you know what? You're worth more. And that's what I'm doing. That's what I feel I'm doing anyway. And that's why I want to start off with um, the Selective Corporation Doctrine. And I talked about the um, judicial challenges and the separation of how the statutes, codes, and ordinances are broken down and why they aren't law and why you're going to do something. I'm going to get into that when we come back from commercial break, but I want to make sure we understand sacrifice. Because even that It's an eye opening point To where we have to figure out What it is that we care about the most And what we need the most What are we wanting the most Because there's a lot more That you'll sacrifice more For what you want Versus what you need Because this is something That I feel everybody needs But unless you want it It's doing you no good I'm going to say that one more time I believe everybody needs what I'm saying. But unless you want it, it's gonna fall on death ears. So, this is first commercial break. I'll see you guys soon. What's up everybody and welcome back. And I've been talking about select the corporation doctrine. And basically what I want to do is show you the tie-in, and I'm going to do that after this last commercial break on how it's affecting us today and how it's going to continue affecting us in the near future. Well, I'm gonna start off with Gooding B. Wilson. I did a video on that probably about a week and a half ago. Now, what I'm going to give you something is one of my favorite um, doctrines is the Fighting Words Doctrine. And it begins with Georgia, because you know I love talking about Georgia. But it also deals with the fact that there's a lot of things that are done there that I believe it's crashed Dummy State because it's a testing ground. And when you look at it, it's uh, it's like Arizona. Arizona has a lot of Supreme Court cases where a lot of the stuff that they've done kind of overreach what they were supposed to be doing. Because they're specifically targeting minorities. And... When I want to talk about that, in the context of when it was drawn, it was targeting minorities. Well, how it's gone out now, how it's taken effect, is, it's kind of reinforced on the poor. Because what they forget about is they, they have a programming that everybody with dark skin is poor. They forget that so are other folks that look just like them. So it now takes on a new meaning. So it's not just on minorities, it's on the poor. And what I mean by poor, I just mean people that are not affluent. I mean by people that make less than a hundred K a year. Actually, most in most cases it's gonna be people that make less than forty thousand dollars a year. So these are things that I'm not talking about just from hearing and just from concept. I'm talking about things that are actually written down. And Gooding v. Wilson is a good example of that. And, you know, even Arizona v. Edmonds, or Edmonds v. Arizona, or Miranda v. Arizona, or (laughs) I can go through a slew of those cases. Because even most people have no idea that they associate Roe v. Wade with the abortion context that actually became from um, Georgia. These guidelines for abortion came from Georgia that was decided on the exact same day as Roe v. Wade. But that's something I got into. I think I've done enough podcasts on that for right now. But what I'm going to get into is the statute must be clearly drawn or or authoritatively constructed to punish only unprotected speech and not be susceptible to application to protected expression. Now, I wanna get into the protected expression and the application. Because when you're talking about authoritatively, goodness, English is beating my behind today. Authoritatively construed. Basically, what you're talking about is something that deals within the guideline of what's perceived as proper. Not necessarily one that deals in the effects of what is good or what is actually just artistic you're dealing with what is construed as right and when you're thinking about it because i often tell people there is no right or no wrong there are just concepts because there are things that you shouldn't do right and the easiest that is keep your hands to yourself one of my favorite things is the book that um I got from a list from Warren Buffett where he spoke about everything I learned in life. I learned in the second grade and or kindergarten. Everything I need to know in life, I learned in kindergarten. And one of the things he talked about was the um, is the simple ideals of being respectful of others and keeping their hands to yourself. Because if you're not putting your hands on somebody, you're not damaging them or injuring them. If you're not bothering other people's stuff, you're not damaging their property. So you're respecting their boundaries and guidelines. But the one thing that we have is the form of manipulation where we're attempting to control the ideals, the aspects, and even the actions of others. And the reason why I bring that up is because that's one of the things that we have today. We have the ideals that certain things are good and aren't good we have the constructs of something that people disagree with. Not because it's not right, but it's because it's not popular. It shouldn't be talked about. Because even with the stuff that I'm teaching, it's not something that you don't see in every university across the country. I'm gonna say that. It's not something that you don't see in social science. Not something that you don't see in Law firms. It's not something that you don't see in law libraries. But it's one that's being construed as anti police, anti government, simply because it's talking about holding them liable for their actions. Because whether it's your action or not, they're going to attempt to hold you liable for it. Whether you know it or not, they're going to attempt to hold you responsible for what I'm teaching whether you are dealing with it or not. Because at the end of the day, I'm talking about one thing in particular. I'm not talking about Black Lives Matter. I'm not talking about white supremacy. I'm not talking about anti-police. I'm not talking about anti-government. I'm not even talking about one set of culture. I am talking about legal protection, understanding, applying those things, And holding a standard. Not only for yourself. But for those that are governing. Because the governing. Are the ones that are responsible. Or relied upon. By the governed. And you are the governed. Because if you are the ones without power. How is it. There is a power structure. I'm going to say that one more time. If you are the one without power. How is their power structure? Because I asked a cop one day, and it was, I, I often do this just because, because I want to see where their mindset is. I asked the cop, who do you work for? He said, oh, I work for the city. I said, Really? You work for the city? I said, What makes up the city? He goes, Well, you know, documents. Well, I said, well, Okay. If there are no civilians, are you still policing? And he kind of laughed because it, to him, it made no sense. The reason why it made no sense is because he's policing for the people, not the police. But he did not grasp that concept because that's not what he was trained to think. And the sorry thing about that is they don't get people that are great thinkers. And those that are great thinkers that question anything, even application, they get rid of, they ridicule, they go after. They're people that can't be hindered or Intimidated, they attempt to control. And those things are the byproducts which we construe as the blue wall. Because the second we accept those same terminologies, as soon as we accept their same life principles, it's a wrong principle because it's on the principles of do as I say, not as I do. When in fact, just like I speak constantly, children learn by mimicking. The problem is we're forgetting we're the parents, not the child. I want to say that one more time. We're forgetting we are the parents, not the child. We are the masters, not the slaves. We are not the ones that are indebted to anyone else. Just like that's why we don't need permission to do certain things. They need permission from us or they need permission from somebody that is able to think. That's why if they do something which is not allowed, such as something willful or something done through ignorance, they lose qualified immunity. That's why if you don't give them consent, they have to answer to someone else because they are not designed to make decisions, even though they have officer discretion. But when I teach these things, the things that I'm saying because i Going against the grain of what they're trying to program into you, something is wrong with it. Everything that I say has to be micromanaged, which is why I don't look at a lot of times, oh, why my numbers aren't growing, I don't care. Because at the end of the day, there are certain things that are there, that are there for me, that allow me to be who I am, allows me to grow as I'm growing. And every time I say certain things, it kind of reminds me of V for Vendetta. Because there's a line in there that says, Do you see what I see? Do you feel as I feel? And he was talking about a point in where he was tired of being intimidated, where he was tired of the attempted control. He was just tired of things that were set on him and set before him that he was supposed to accept. He was tired of the manipulation. But he was asking who else was tired. Do you see what he sees? Do you feel as he be? Were you as tired as he is? And I guess that's what I'm asking right now. Are you looking at what I'm looking at? Are you feeling tired like I am? Because when you're talking about this, the fighting wars doctrine itself is the easy go to target. Because a lot of times they use that as a crux of Disorderly conduct I even showed a case that from Ohio Which said you can't be um, Charged with disorderly It literally says that, verbiage Can't be charged with disorderly Because of cursing at a police officer Because even in um, Cohen v. California's 1971 case Although vulgar interference Is protected by the first and 14th amendments And what happens is The reason why it's protected by the first amendment is Because you're allowed to say What it is you like because this is not um, Minority Report. They don't have precogs, which stop crimes before they happen. Because even in that, if you remember Minority Report, the crimes that they were stopping from happening were crimes upon others, the injuring of others, the killing of others. They weren't talking about people that were jaywalking. They weren't talking about people that were speeding. They were talking about crimes against others. That's what the precogs were for. The problem is they're trying to apply Minority Report On things that are everyday constitutionally protected acts and making it criminal. And the reason why they're making it criminal is because they're making it profitable. They are cogs in the machine. And if you take enough cogs out, the machine breaks down. You have to create a new machine. And that's where I talk about the fight. Many of us, 95% to be exact, do not fight back. We accept it. We make sure the machine go by not fighting. We say it's okay. We complain about it. We bullshit about it. And then we cut a check. And the thing I have is, if that's how you feel, that is how you feel. Everyone that was a soldier in the 300, everyone didn't want to go. Everyone wasn't designed to fight. And I constantly tell you, this fight isn't for the innocent. Because if you're looking for innocence, you cannot look in our legal system. Because our legal system doesn't give a shit about the innocence of others. They don't care anything about the guilty. They don't even care which side you're on. Because as long as you're in handcuffs, you're a dollar side to them. You did it. You have to have done something because they need a reason for that police officer to be right. Because the second they see something that is wrong, it rewires their entire system and they, they mentally break down. And that's the problem that many of us have is the fact that there are forever changing optics and those forever changing optics are the things that lead our lives. And when there is a change that is drastic, our system responds to it. And the response itself can be detrimental. And even with that, i talked about the form in the matrix, the fact that people are trying to bend the spoon. When in fact, there is no spoon. And when I talk about there is no spoon, I'm talking about the administrative law. You cannot bend the administrative law. You can't change the administrative law. You have to first understand that there is no administrative law. Because when you're doing those challenges, you are challenging actual law. You are making them do the things that they promised that they were going to do on paper. They promised to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States and the state that they are actually Working in as executive officers And each one of those have guidelines And restrictions placed upon them Which don't allow them to do certain things There's also a set of rules that Tell them what they have to do each and every time They do something The problem is many of us don't enforce it And many more of us don't know them And When we have these statutes where we're told They're used, oh they're state law There's state law Well, why isn't it state law in Illinois? Why isn't it state law in South Dakota? Because law That's law in Georgia is law in South Carolina It's law in Alabama It's law in Florida It's law in California It's law in South Dakota North Dakota Nebraska (laughs) Wherever you go Oklahoma It's law So there is no such thing as state law There's a state statute There's state ordinances because if that statute code or ordinance does not cons- coincide with federal statutes codes and ordinances, it is not law. But again, it's something I'm gonna get deeper into. But that's where the quick mindset of the selective corporation doctrine comes in at. Because even Dombrowski v. Pfizer in 1965, the transcendent value to all social The contrinsic value. You know what? I'm actually learning how to speak one day, because English is. I thought it was actually my first language. Apparently, it's not. The transcendent value to all society of constitutionality protected expression is deemed to justify allowing attacks on overly broad statute with no requirement that the person making the attack demonstrates that his own conduct cannot be regulated by a statute drawn with its re. Prerequisite and narrow specificity. Okay, I fucked that whole sentence up to say this. In 1965, there was a challenge that was over breath. And basically, it was saying that a statute, unless it was narrowly construed to say what action specifically was being penalized there could be no penalty at all because it has to talk about something specific. It can't just say how you're talking is illegal. It can't just say how you're walking is illegal. They can't just deem one action completely illegal unless there is a complete secular reason for it. And again, this is something that has to coincide with federal law because it also has guidelines. And that also means that your quote unquote lawmakers have a responsibility not only to the public, but to everyone that's dealing with them. Everybody is liable for their actions. These are things you do on certain levels, which is why when you're talking about certain aspects of voting, I'll get into that later because most people have no real idea of what the, or who's qualified to vote. Let's put it that way. Because it's been given out as a privilege to mask some other stuff. So what I want to do is I want to give you something that I hope takes you somewhere that's easier for you to understand. And even with NAACP CPV Button in 1963, this is deemed necessarily because... Persons whom expression is constitutionally protected may well refrain from exercising their rights for fear of criminal sanctions provided by a statute susceptible of application to protected expression. And that's kind of what I'm saying though, when you're talking about what they're trying to do is manipulate the mind. They're telling you one thing is illegal because they're doing things to generate revenue when in fact, it's not illegal because it's a constitutionally protected act. And you have to understand the word play here. When they're using the words constitutionally protected, it simply means that the government is restricted from restricting it. I'm gonna say that one more time. When they're using the words constitutionally protected or a constitutional right, and you see that in a Supreme Court case, the context that they're using is that the government is restricted from restricting that act because a lot of times people get been out oh constitutional rights no 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 you have to understand the context that's why i'm here these are the things that i want to give you because again a lot of people look surfacely they look surfacely at something expecting it something to be done in its entirety when in fact that itself has a secular meaning which is probably why I shouldn't be reading as much as I am because apparently I can't today I don't know exactly what's going on but you know it is what it is because even Chaplinsky v. New Hampshire 1942 the line between speech unconditionally guaranteed and speech which may legitimately be regulated expressed or punished is finally drawn and even in Spicer v. Randall in 1958, in every case, the power to regulate must be exercised as not, as intending a permissible end, unduly to infringe to protective freedom. Because when you're talking about that and you're looking at the fact that there are certain aspects that need to be done or set forth Because First Amendment freedoms need breathing space to survive. Now, when you're talking about those, you're talking about every aspect of these restrictions. All of them need freedom to survive. Which is why when you're looking at something as simple as a Fourth Amendment stop and frisk, the reason they use for those to survive as long as they have is the fact that they deemed it to be something that it's not. They deemed it to be something that as a necessity. And most people are programmed to believe that it's okay. Just like I had this one jackass tell me, oh, well, if the cop does this, it's okay. My question to him was because he was actually a police officer. My question to him was, if it's okay for that, is it okay for them to do that to your son? And he said, no. I said, well, Why is it okay in this situation and not that situation? Is it okay for them to guess in this situation and not that situation? Which is why guessing on every situation is not okay. When you're working on something outside the guidelines of what's allowed, it is not okay because it's an infringement. And any infringement is one that is not okay. And if there's enough people that fight back and take these things back, because just like I told you, you give them one, you give them two, you give them three, they're taking four, five, and six. We just saw walkthroughs of martial law. We've had one that was enacted on the entire planet. I'm going to say that one more time martial law was enacted on the entire planet for one month it's going to get worse understand that when i speak about when they're having mandatory anything this is a form of martial law this is not a quote-unquote law it's a restriction They're looking to manipulate. They're looking to gain something from you without giving up anything. They're wanting you to believe that there are absolutes in something that there is no certainty. I want to say they're looking for you to believe that there are absolutes in something that they have no certainties of. And they're expecting you to shut up and comply. Or as a couple of couple of these reporters said, shut up and dribble. Or you can do what my shirt says and shut up and lift. They're expecting you just to comply and go along with it. Now, I actually had one guy that talked to me about China. Oh, I hate China, 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 China. And then he asked me why I was not wearing a mask. And I smiled. I said, well, I said, it's funny that you're wearing one. And I'm not And you're asking me about it And you're hating China He said well why would you say that I said because how many years have we watched videos And reports and all that stuff From China And all of them are walking around with masks on However They also have one of the highest concentrations Of this virus And he just looked at me I said yeah you're looking like the Chinese You're practicing What they're practicing in China and you're okay with it, but you have an issue with the Chinese. And I cracked up laughing because when you point out the stupid that people say, you point out the stupid that people enact, they become surprised because they're speechless because they've done something without thought. They're doing things just simply because they're told. You're being told that something is new. You're being told that something is this way. And you're not doing any research on it. You're just going along with the flow. You're not asking any questions. You're just complying. And at the end of the day, I don't mind it because that stops folks from being all up in my face, being in my business and saying stupid shit to me up close. So, you know, I appreciate the social distancing. Now, the thing is, I've also accepted any consequences that come along with it. Is it smart? No. I'll, t- I'll tell you do i recommend this nope you do your own thing if you feel you shouldn't wear it don't wear it if you feel you should wear it get you one and actually the mask shop usa.com is one of the places you should get it from and yes that's a shameless ass plug and no it's not my <laughs> my however i've bought a mask from them now the problem is i don't wear it so because i'm hard headed shit. But it's about support, not necessarily <laughs> the actual action that I'm using. But I want you guys to know that I do, I do recommend if you feel that you need to protect yourself in certain manners, protect yourself. Hell, I even suggest getting pistols. Get you a couple rifles. Get you some ammo from wherever the hell you gotta get it from. Because this is just a dry run. Because you have to remember, I want you to take into account the last three years, there have been four runs of martial law enacted. I want you to keep that in mind because it's going to get worse. It's going to escalate. It's going to get to the point to where you have to make a decision. Because what most people are not paying attention to is now we're going to have a food shortage. Am I psychic? No, it's because I actually see what's going on. They're closing plants. They're stopping people from working. They're putting you at a point, and they're stopping imports. We're not trading goods. We're not doing things. So there are spots, a huge spot in the economy. There are huge holes in the economy right now that does not allow for our food supply to continue to grow and flourish, and most people aren't paying attention to that. And the reason is, is they're being forced into something. They're forced to look, look over here at my left hand, look at my left hand, and they're not paying attention to what's going on with the right hand. Because at the end of the day, there are certain aspects that need to be done. Everything needs to have attention paid to it. Because if you're accepting that a statute is law, you're accepting that jaywalking is a crime, you're accepting that speeding is a crime, You're telling them that everything that they're doing is okay. So whenever they're beating somebody's ass, they're shooting an unarmed person. Now they're beating children. They're slamming children on the floor in schools. They're arresting six-year-olds. It's going to escalate until people start fighting back and start actually doing things for themselves. Because again, these are not my words that I'm giving you. These are the things that I'm paying attention to. These are the things that are written down. These are the things that when you sit up here and you understand of overbreath is a negative way of saying that a statute that affects communication of ideas must be narrowly phrased or construed by the courts so as to have a minimal effect on speech or writing as constructed with deeds. In effect, overbreath has become a judicial test of constitutionality. So when we're talking about the whole aspect of going around doing this, doing that, and what what is a restriction and what can't be restricted. And we're talking about these statutes, codes, and ordinances. We're talking about the line between what is law and what isn't law. This is the separation. These are the things that are coming into light. That's why I call this section selectively void. Because everything that you're being told is not a lie. Because the devil put 90% truth in all his lies. Because he needs to be just enough believable to where he can slide something past you. And that's what's being done right now. There are things that are being slid past you because you're looking only in one place and not the other. You're looking at one thing and not the entire thing. You're looking where they're telling you to look. And you're not questioning anything. When you're accepting things as they are... Are they really things as they are? Now, when we talk about this, because I'm going to keep going a little bit, because again, Young V. Harris in 1971, fundamentally at odds with the function of federal courts in our constitutional plan, the power and duty of the judiciary to declare laws unconstitutional are in the final analysis derived from its responsibility of resolving concrete disputes brought before courts for decision. Now, I don't know if I need to read that again, but it might be be a good starting point for the second part, the last part of this um, podcast, because the reason we have this, the reason I'm bringing up Younger versus Harris, the reason I'm speaking about federal courts, because again, Generally, when we're having judicial, uh, jurisdictional challenges, they're not about the jurisdiction of the court. They're actually jurisdictions or challenges of the statute, the application of the statute, the holding of the statute, the vagueness of the statute, or the overbreath of the statute. Because if we don't understand the application of the minor things, Like when I tell people to challenge the stop Because we know the stop itself is legal But what happens beyond that Because again The stop itself is legal Yes because there's a traffic infraction What's the infraction okay cool Crack windshield Now what happens next Because a crack windshield Is not a crime And Heibel v. Nevada states That until They articulate a crime which originates from terry v ohio they must articulate a crime you don't have to turn over your id because you don't have to participate as in florida v. royal in their investigation because if they're investigating and it's not a crime what are you investigating because that's why they have officer discretion because now they have discretion to write your citation so if they're asking for your ID and you're refusing to give it over, they haven't articulated the crime. Let's say they're they're using tactics of, oh, well, you better do this. You have to do that. Or you have someone stupid that says, well, if you ain't got nothing to hide, why don't you just turn it over? Central Park 5 had nothing to hide. They just turned it over. John Taylor had nothing to hide He just turned it over I could literally go on I could even name the 13 people That were executed Or at my list of 13 that I gave you That were executed Because they had nothing to hide I could talk about the doctor from New York That was given 39 million After serving 30 plus years in On death row For a crime that he didn't commit. Because he was just jogging. And they chose not to. Follow law. I can give you. (laughs) I can rattle off a hundred names. Right now. Literally. They just complied. But. At the end of the day. My question to them. Each and every time is. When I say just comply. My question is. Why can't the police do their job properly. Why can't you make that request? Why can't that be something that's valid? These are things that, for me, I call the police apologists because at the end of the day, they're more detrimental to everything than anything else. And when you're having these type questions, you don't have this question in a place where there is no record. You do not stay in an administrative court. These are federal court issues. You file these issues in federal court. That's why when I did the video, remove any case to federal court, literally I gave you the case, casing for removing a case to federal court because understanding that statute is the simplest form of everything. So we're getting ready to go into this last part. So I want you guys to be prepared. Understand, get ready to be blown away (laughs) because I'm gonna give you something so heavy you can't put down. So, going into this last part, let's go. Alright people, we're on the last leg of this podcast journey for this episode. Now, I actually ended up with Younger B. Harris, 1971 case, and my lack of reading ability today. But we went into the extent of fundamentally at odds with the function of federal courts in our constitutional plan. The power and duty of the judiciary to declare laws unconstitutional are in the final analysis derived from its responsibility from resolving concrete disputes brought before courts for decision. Now, the context of this entire thing is understanding our current situation through things that happened in the 1960s And a couple in the 1950s, where, in fact, we were talking about something as simple as speech, profanity, police officers, and executive orders. And understanding the differentiation between state statutes, codes, and ordinances versus the supreme law of the land, which is federal law, and supreme court decisions, but understanding the supreme court decision applications. And the context of this is they were attempting to take one, but people fought back because words have power, words have meaning, and the law itself is very precise and very concise on how things are derived legally through the aspect of resistance or even restraint within those that are giving those regulations and those that are being governed by those regulations that are given. So when we are talking about these things, my construct of everything, my answer for everything, is understanding the context of the words. We have an adversarial system. So the system, by nature, Is your adversary. You have to confront your accusers. Now, if we're going to hold them to accountability on certain things that they have to do, one of the things that we have to do is force them to do it. We have to confront them, we have to challenge them, we have to speak up about something that we believe in that we believe is ours. And I constantly tell you that they can't give me anything, so they can't take anything from me. Now, I also have a choice to even deal with them. Once I make that choice, it's up to me to accept those consequences. The problem is, is when we're talking about why not just comply? Why not just do what they ask? Why not doing all the other The problem with that is that leaves open the ideals that they are doing the right things. That is leaving open the ideals that the system itself is just. That is leaving open the ideals that the restrictions that we note don't exist because that's not what they're doing. Because we have to accept By nature, they're an adversary. By nature, they're not following law. By nature, the things that they're doing, they have to have something in place to to stop them from overstepping. By nature, we have to stop the overstep. Because if we don't, we're condoning the overstepping. If we don't, we're accepting their behavior. And... While most of us don't think of anything pretty much as as major. Oh, it's just profanity. Oh, it's just something on a t-shirt. Remember, I told you right and wrong becomes subjective. Because, just to give you an example. If a young lady is an entertainer, right? And she dances provocatively. There's something wrong. But if somebody takes that same young lady and paints her provocatively, it's considered art. You take a young woman, she goes out and she dances at a club. It is considered something that's trashy. You take that same young lady, put her in a similar skimpy outfit and have her prance around and they call it ballet. These are things that are pretty much the same thing but are construed very differently. Now, while we're looking at one as wrong and the other as right or acceptable, we're looking at things through societal eyes. Because, again, we're not looking for necessarily things that are wrong. We're looking for things that are accepted. Now, with that being said, just because it's accepted, it does not make it correct. Just because it's accepted does not make it right. Just because it's accepted doesn't make it for you. And at the end of the day, when someone accepts policy, that doesn't mean it applies to everyone. That doesn't mean that policy is acceptable to everyone. And when you're talking about things that pretty much take on a life of its own because we're not challenging it, it becomes detrimental not only for that person, but it becomes detrimental As a societal to whole. Because. When you're talking about this. Just like I said. Something as simple as speech. Words on a shirt. We're also talking about societal norms. Because. We're looking at our current mandates. And our current restrictions. And we're looking at current obligations. Because there were conversations that was had with a governor. After. A governor stated that there will be a mandate of face masks, but was not going to supply it. And then we gave the context of having someone pay a penalty for required wearing of a uniform while the uniform not being supplied. Those are things that can't have a penalty. Just as you can't have a requirement for someone to wear something and then not supply it for them to wear, but when you don't supply it, but then ask them to pay a penalty doing such things. And just to give you context, there was here in Texas, and I do mean was, there was a mandate, statewide mandate, for people to be wearing face masks even when the state reopened. Right? There was an optional enforcement of this policy. Notice I said that because even the executive order itself was not law. It was not something that can be conscrued as anything else. The problem is, if you chose not to follow the executive order, you could then not hold the state responsible or liable for anything that happened to you. Understand that. Because, again, their their responsibility to you is for your betterment. It's also to you to make sure you are doing things and it's for your well-being and safety. So if you're making a choice not to follow it, They were adding a penalty to it. And people say, oh, well, you need to do that. You need to do Okay, cool. Let's say I didn't do it. Let's say I did. And I didn't get sick. Then what? What's the difference on that, right? But again, that's my choice. Because now you have a young man that did not have a mask, but he was also traveling around within the state of Texas, and he was given a citation. Notice I gave the example earlier of Hybo v. bottom. I also talked about the stop being legal because of the traffic infraction. But what happens when you are given an order and police have the option to exercise? <laughs> I love that. The option to exercise officer discretion and they choose policy over law. What happens then? The reason I brought that up is because there was a young man that was given a citation for not wearing a mask. He hadn't been supplied a mask, but he had been given one by the officer. Actually, he had been given two by the officer. And again, neither one of them had to do anything with traffic. He wasn't among the public. He was in his own conveyance. He was in his vehicle. He was not around others. He was definitely within not within six feet of anyone. But the officers thought it was good To give this working young man a citation for not wearing a mask. Now, you know my idea of this whole thing. Fight it and sue the officer. Some people say, oh, that's extreme. The problem is, if we allow the simple to go unpunished, they will get bigger because we have to draw a line in the sand. Regardless of what happens, there has to be a line drawn in the sand. And if there is not one, then there is going to be a greater repercussion from that. Because anytime something goes unpunished, unchecked, it's condoned, and it's also escalating. Anybody understands that even with any child, you allow a child to get away with one thing. Guess what they're going to do? They're going to do that plus something. They're going to keep doing it because they want to find out what that line is. You have to draw a line in the sand. And there are times where you don't want to, I don't really want it because it's not that big. When is it big enough? That's the question. Because if you let him slide, you're going to have to let everybody else slide that goes along with it. But if you punish him, just like you're thinking, well, that seems kind of extreme. Guess what happens to everybody else that has officer discretion? And they choose to write that citation instead of following law. Guess what happens? They now think, oh hell, I don't really want to go through that. I don't really want to do that. Because just like you don't want to be going out there seeing a police officer. A police officer does not want to see you if you're one of the people that will fight back. If you are one of the ones that will actually put them through the court system. The exact same system they want to put you through. You are not one that wants to be seen by the police. I just want you to understand that. Because it was it was one thing, I think I talked about this once before. There was a young woman that was having an issue. I gave her instructions on how to do something. Well, I told her, I said, hold on, you might need to file this and file that against them. Her response was, no, I, I'm not going to do that because she was so nice. You know, I don't know if that lady has a family. And, you know, I wouldn't do that. Three days later, I get a call. And I said, what's that? She said, well, that lady filed this on me. I said, really? She filed that on you? She didn't care about your husband? She didn't care about your job? She didn't care about your children? And then she was like, well, what can I do now? I told her, accept it or fight back. Because what I told you to do previous, you don't have an option to do that now. I had a police officer that I was suing. He looked at me in my face when the judge didn't throw out his case. And he says, why would you do that to me? I have a wife and kids. He said this to me while I'm holding my wife's hand and standing with two of my children. I'm going to say that one more time. He asked me. Why was I doing this? Why was I suing him? Because he has a wife and children. While I'm standing, holding my wife's hand, and standing with two of my children. And my response was really simple. Because you didn't give a shit about mine. It's just business. Because regardless of how it is, they're not worrying about you. They're not worrying about how you're feeding your family. They're not worrying about how you're sleeping at night. All they care about is being cogs in the machine. The thing is, they don't care if you get disrupted because they take you to jail. They don't care if you miss a meal or two because you got to pay a citation of something that you didn't do. They don't care about any of that because that's not how they're trained. That's not how they're built. That's not one of their concerns. The question is, is it one of yours? Because every time you ask me, I don't give a shit about what they're doing. I don't give a shit about how they're feeling about what I'm doing. Because they're not giving a shit about me. I can't be more concerned about someone else that does not care about me. And even in these days, I talked about this in March. I said when the lockdown first started that there is going to be a recouping of Revenue simply because there was a month or more where these police stations and officers were not allowed to quote-unquote work or generate revenue. They were actually losing money because they were releasing people and not writing tickets, not writing citations, not taking people property. Guess what they have to do? Because they are a for-profit business, they have to recoup that month of loss. They've got to do something to escalate things. They are going to do things to get better. Because at the end of the day, they're not going to care about what it is that you have to deal with. They only care about their bottom line. And when they look to recoup that revenue, guess who they're going to go tap on? They're not going to tap the president. They're going to go tap the people they govern. And when you're understanding that you're the one that they're coming after, you have to understand. It is only going to get worse. Because just like some stuff was Gooding B. Wilson, 405 U.S. 518, 1972. Because again, the context of the Fighting Words document. For the second time in less than a year, the Supreme Court struck down a public disorder law as unconstitutional in its face because it was void for vagueness and over breath. Understand. When you're given something or you're told something, just by obeying it does not make it so. Just by constant practice of it does not give it life. It's the ignoring the context of it. It's the ignoring that you have an option to abide by it or not. It's the acceptance of it what makes it dangerous, not to only you, but to those that are around you and behind you. Because a case involving a Cincinnati ordinance which made it illegal for three or more people to assemble on a sidewalk, annoying to passersby. And Coates v. the City of Cincinnati, 402 U.S. 611, 1971. And then we went into the context that these statutes, codes, and ordinances must abide. By federal law Because the supreme law of the land Are federal statutes And supreme court decisions Because I hate to leave it open like that Because it's in the application Of supreme court decisions Because each decision Has different context to it When we're understanding these contexts When we're understanding these guidelines Understanding the vices that are set In front of us There is a time That we're going to have to stand on. We're going to have to be willing to go into the belly of the beast and emerge. You have to go in fighting knowing that you're going to win. You have to go in, and I I love these, you go in with the end in mind. Because I looked at one of the things that we were going to do. And each time I went in, I saw myself winning. Each time I rolled out something, I saw myself making a difference. Because it got to the point that so much that there were several judges in Atlanta that knew my paperwork. If I filled out a motion, they knew it was me. I didn't have to put a name on it. They knew who it was coming from. It was then, okay, that person's working with him. Do you feel like dealing with him? It wasn't something that was done by accident. It was done with purpose. And each time you do it, It's the understanding that everything that I file has a purpose behind it. The timing I filed it has a purpose behind it. Because it's a setup for something bigger. Because when I wrote it, I wrote it with the end in mind. It is the same thing that we have to do and conscrew when we're sitting up here and we're putting together these things. And we're watching them and listening to them tell us things that may or may not make sense. And even if they do make sense, is it something that we should do? Because, again, we are responsible for governing ourselves. We are responsible for our own disciplines. We are responsible for who we are and what we are pretty much intertwined in doing. So, there's this thing that this young If not, what we have to do is we have to figure out, do I just want to just give up? Am I giving up or are you giving up? Because that's not really one of the things that I planned on doing. I don't ever plan on giving up or giving in. Because that's when I get again the V from Vemveta. Do you feel like I feel? Do you see what I see? Because the things that I see sometimes frighten me. Not necessarily for myself, but for those around me. For those that are behind me. Those that are following the things that are being said. Because I was talking to a dude yesterday and it was funny. Because he talked about simple things and a simpler life. And he asked me, he said, why do you do what you do? And I said, why? I said, it is what it is right now. Because it's not mine to keep. You know, it wasn't the person's that it was to put it in the books. You know, there were a lot of things that happened that that got to this point. And his thing was, I wouldn't do it. And I I said, yeah, a lot of people wouldn't do it. I said, because a lot of people that go out and, Correct things that I say They don't have a channel Because they're not brave enough to go through anything They're not for whatever reason Because at some point I wasn't brave enough to start a channel Because it took five years After the fact I was acquitted almost five years Before I did my first video I want you to understand that It it takes a lot to Sit up here and be ridiculed It takes a lot To face the fire. Because again when I put something up wrong. I have to answer for that. Whenever I do something that's not in context. Of what needs to be said. Done or expressed. I have to answer for that. And. That's where we're at. As a society. Because. You have to be willing. To step into the fire. In order to understand. Where you're going to get burned at. Because. There has been nobody that has made it anywhere without going through something. You have to experience something. You have to be willing to experience something. You have to be willing to be called names. You have to be willing to be told you're wrong. Because, see, the great thing about it is because everybody that says, oh, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, they never put up what's right, what's right, what's right, what's right. All they can say is you're wrong. But they never have put up what's right. And then even the young man, there was one guy, I believe it was about two weeks ago, he put up a couple of case law, and I cracked up laughing because it allowed me to understand that he didn't know what he was talking about because I told myself, okay, great, I'm glad you put that up because that shows me that you're looking for something to stand on. The problem is it didn't apply to the <laughs> to what we were talking about. And I, and I told him, great, what you put up, one, one is not law. The other two don't apply to the situation. Because law is very precise. And they're, like I said, the words are very precise. Because they're precise with precise meaning. Just because you're looking at them differently does not change the fact of where they apply at, And that's what I talk about. Because even in certain aspects of it, when you start breaking down things that seemingly go outside of what I'm talking about, these words show up. If, and, or. And then like I said, there was a there was a list of six others. But the, the most common are if and or because that means there's something else that must come. There's something else that must come. So now it changes the context of even that decision. Because there's two things that have to be present instead of one. There has to be something or the other. And then you have to go into the if. If this is there, that has to be there. If that is not there, then something else is not available to you. And those are things that's why I always talk about. You take those apart, just like you do with your contracts. You got to go, if I go for, what is this? If I go against, what is this? Just like when I talk about, you take uh, every aspect of a stop. You take every aspect of the search. You take every aspect of the radar gun you take up processing you take up chain of custody you go after these things and you go after them with a (laughs) shall i say a single-minded focus of winning because at the end of the day where you leave this at is where it's going to be at what you don't ask will be the most dangerous thing that they hold against you because One of the things that um, I'm working on right now is helping a young lady with the ineffectiveness of counsel. And one of the things about the ineffectiveness of counsel is understanding there were questions that need to be asked that weren't asked. That is the most common of ineffectiveness of counsel. Not objecting to things that should be objected to because you have to know what's allowed and why it's allowed. You have to know what can be asked and what can't be asked. You have to understand context at levels that are sometimes not so clear. These are the reasons why, whenever I'm talking about doing things such as a master class, it's not necessarily the big things that get you in trouble. It's the little things. It's the little things because those are the things you think you can overlook. Those are the things that you think don't matter. Those are the things that, are the ones that will stick you in the behind every time when you're sitting up here trying to defend yourself. But it's those that I'm talking to that should be looking to do this as a lifestyle. I don't give dietary advice. I give lifestyle instructions. When you talk about, oh, I do an Energy Mover channel. And I talk about meditation, I talk about how to eat, I talk about how to lift, I talk about how to breathe. These are lifestyle instructions. When I go to my weightlifting channel, I talk about how to get size, how to get lean, how to do things, how to even get, I'm going to talk about how to get Herculean. But it's because it's a lifestyle that I'm talking about. Talking about Oh, do this diet and get cut in 15 days. No, nope, because then what happens after day 16? What happens on day 17? No, I'm talking about how to get there and stay there. I'm talking about how to do something and maintain it. That's the same thing I'm doing on my law channel. That's what this is. It's giving you substance. Something that sticks to your ribs. Something that you can take with you. I am talking about things that are not temporary. I don't give you temporary advice for permanent solutions. I'm giving you permanent advice for all solutions. Because if it's temporary, it does you no good. That's why I don't give you cramming advice. I give you legal direction. I don't give you microwave stuff. Why I don't offer templates. Because doing a template means that every legal situation is the exact same when, in fact, it is vastly not. I've done a multitude of cases. I've only seen maybe two that was damn near identical. Only two. Each one has a simple nuance that's different from the one that's previous. Everyone is different. Everyone is unique. Even when it comes down to something as simple as a fingerprint. I actually even... Help you challenge fingerprint identifications. These are things that are simple. These are things that are kind of overlooked because we think it's okay. Because most people don't realize that either consent or um, a warrant needs to be gotten prior to being fingerprinted. You can't force a fingerprint because it falls under the Identification of Prisoners Act. Because, again, if you are not, or excuse me, it started from the Identification of Prisoners Act. It becomes from the Identification of Criminals Act. That's what it grew into. Just like Selective Corporation um, doctrine. It's something that grew out of Stairs doctrine. Because that means things that have already been decided. It's staying where it's at. But it's also understanding that one Cannot exist without the other. And it's understanding. If it doesn't exist. There is only a minute obligation to it. And it's an obligation of choice. And this is one of the things. Because. I heard, I was listening to something one day. And it was the. It was the Kanye West. When he yelled out. Slavery was a choice. And. It wasn't very proper because when he yelled it out, he didn't give context. Very few people have heard the context behind why he did it, why he said it. Because he said it, and then he went on to something else. He was almost in the middle of a ramble because the idea hit him, and then something else hit him, and he ran with it. But later, there was a conversation that was had that was half as videotaped. I got an t- opportunity to v- witness A piece of that videotape Not all of it but a piece of it And when you're talking about that Slavery is a choice When you're talking about Current times Slavery is a choice because slavery is done Through a mindset of manipulation and control Slavery is done Through the concept Of convenience Because that's why whenever Police officers do something They always tell you I'm doing you a favor I'm going to say that one more time. The police officer tells you they're doing you a favor. The problem that I have with that is how are you doing me a favor when, if you did your job properly, we wouldn't even be having a conversation. So what favor are you doing me? Because if you were properly policing, we wouldn't even be having a conversation. Because I had one person that was having a conversation with me one day and they asked me, like, how in the hell have you gone so long without smoking and drinking? I told him, I said, I don't, do anything that allow the police to be vexed. And they were like, huh? I said, one of the things again, my brother used to say a lot of stuff to me and one of them was um, was, don't vex them. Don't vex them. Don't vex them. Line upon line, precept upon precept. But again, he gave me something not for my day. He gave it to me for my lifestyle. So my lifestyle has been to the point where I don't do anything to vex the police. I don't speed when I'm in, in the car I don't do a lot of Well actually I do jaywalk But yeah, I shouldn't do that but, <laughs> but at the end of the day I've had very few people To even talk to me about it Or even attempt to enforce it Even though I've done it damn near everywhere I've been Because most people can't drive Or read or pay attention So I don't go to crosswalks I feel safer going in the middle of the highway So But anyway I understand certain aspects Because Again, if I don't cross at the crosswalk I'm accepting the responsibility of what happens For not doing so But I also think I'm grown enough To make it across the highway You know, maybe it's me I don't know, I've been crossing streets for a long time I just think I can continue doing it without getting hit So, it is what it is But at some point When is that Not enough When is it's going to be the point where I say, you know what? Yeah, I'll just go ahead and pay this ticket. Never. I'm sorry. I just can't give it to him like that. Because, just like, again, I, I love to say that. Because one of my favorite things that happened during the trial was right before the trial. They asked my brother, you know, how'd he plead, And they had stuck him with this, um, this attorney who he did not hire. And... <laughs> The guy got up for my brother And started talking My brother kind of pushed him out the way And he was like hey. He slapped on the mic a couple of times And he told him Get your 12 That was all he said Get your 12 Because he told me one day Because we were having a conversation Because he actually had an issue a couple months later And it was To me it was the simplest shit ever Because it was like a simple traffic infraction And he goes I said, how would you plead? He said, I didn't play." He said, I actually told him. He said, get your 12. They asked him why. He said, because you're going to have to get 12 white folks and Jesus to say I did it. And I was like, "Why?" Like, dude, it's extra. That's I was like, you're actually being extra. He's like, dude, the fine is $40. I'm not going to pay them. I was like, I, I ain't mad at you, you know, because it is what it is. Because, again, he has a wife and family. He has to do what he does. But at the end of the day, when you talk, when you hear people say stuff like that, this is something that was etched in him, pretty much for his entire life. He's always fought. Steve Harvey even talked about, I don't care if it's you got a videotape of me with my social security number tattooed on my ass. We're going to we going to trial. So everything that I do, even with myself, everything that I do is to set up for a trial. It's to go to that next level It's to push you somewhere Because just like you want me uncomfortable Guess where I know you don't want to go You don't want to go to federal court So guess where I'm pushing you I want to push you into that corner I want to see if you're going to come out and fight Because at the end of the day I don't think you can beat me And then the only way I, I, Just like I always feel this The only way you can beat me is if you steal it from me And then I'm such an asshole I don't think you were actually good enough To do that either because I always close doors behind me. So if you steal it from me, it's got to be blatant. you got to do it in front of the world. You've got to steal it from me from in front of the world. And that's one of the things that I actually... I've, I've felt that for a very long time. But I'm giving it to you guys because right now, we're moving into a time where it's going to go into overload. It's going to go into a means that... Knowing this is not only something that's going to be deemed necessary, but it's going to be an absolute necessity. It's going to be something in order for you to get up and down and breathe and access anything. It's going to be because you know and you understand how to maneuver. That's what I'm doing. That's why this is growing in the manner is growing because... This is how we change those things that are around us. This is how we change what our life is. This is how we change in our lifestyle. And I want you to know you guys keep supporting the podcast, keep supporting the channel. The memberships are coming. Keep hitting that donation link. And I love you guys. Supreme out. I'm going to show you how great I am.